0: Right. Well, good morning. My name's Thad Lanthrop. I'm the administrative pastor here at Church in the Valley. And today we are continuing on our message series that we're calling parables. Um, and each week we're looking at a different parable that Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, uh told to his followers and, and the crowds that would, would come to hear him speak. Uh, the definition of a parable that we're using is uh, A parable is using a natural object or human circumstance to convey a spiritual or moral subject. And so, so far we've taken a look at the friend knocking at midnight, and uh, that turned out to be about prayer. Uh, and um, Jesus was encouraging us to keep praying, keep praying to God. Then we looked at the rich fool, um, which was uh, about money using our, our finances wisely, being rich towards God and not just uh, towards ourselves and what we want. And today we're going to be looking at a parable that Jesus told called the unjust steward. Um, a steward, it's a word we don't quite use a ton um, nowadays, but steward, it's an overseer um, or a manager. And so a steward, it's somebody who manages or oversees someone else's property or money or business, etc. Um, it could, the list could go on and on there. So a good manager, they're going to handle that responsibility well, and the property or the money or whatever it is is going to flourish under their management. The opposite is true if they're unjust or a poor uh, steward or manager. So a steward, it has a huge impact on those that they are managing. If they're managing people, it has an impact on them, but it also has a huge impact on the people that they're managing the the resources for. And so we're all stewards. Um, we all have stewardships in our life. Um, for me, some of my uh, main stewardships, so one is my family. Uh, that, that's a, a main stewardship that I have. Um, I have a responsibility to provide for, protect them, care for my family, stewardship towards relationship, my marriage, towards um, the way that I parent and my kids. Another one is uh, for me is work. Um, So hopefully I'm not wearing the same shirt in the picture that I'm wearing today. Okay, we're good. We're good there. Um, But I have a responsibility at at work. Um, Some of my responsibilities, managing the church's finances, speaking on Sundays, um, running some training programs, managing our administrative staff in the office. Um, So I have a stewardship at work. Also, um, a stewardship to ministry. Here's our church logo on the screen there. Um, For me, that gets a little uh, muddied because I work at the church, but um, there's stewardship to to the church and helping the church accomplish its mission. Um, Another main one that I don't have a picture for that I thought of was just finances. That's a stewardship that that we have as well. Um, And then uh, another one for us, uh, my family, is the house that we are renting. That's a stewardship um, for us as well. I, I pay rent to live there, but there's responsibilities, keeping the house um, as as good of a condition as when we got it, and things like that. You have to clean things, fix things, all types of those things. With each of the stewardships, there's things that I enjoy about them. I, I love um, certain th- aspects of those stewardships. There's things that I don't love so much about those stewardships. Over the last couple weeks, we've I've had just a lot of different things that fall in the don't love category. Um, as far as handling our stewardships. Last week uh, my wife got strep throat and so I was gone on a, a trip for work and I got back Thursday night, Friday morning she went to the urgent care. She had strep throat. She was down for the next couple days. So I was trying to manage the kids and get ready for um for work and, and everything. Fortunately Friday's my day off so I, I could do that. And then last Sunday after church, Gina Gina's feeling better. Um and We started realizing, you know what? The house isn't cooling off, and our air conditioning went out. So another unpleasant uh, conversation I had to have with the landlord. Hey, the air conditioning is not working, Um, and that turned out we had to get a whole new air conditioning unit anyway. Um, And then on Monday morning, went into work, and my computer's hard drive is failing, And so I had to get, fortunately, it was under warranty, but the guy came out, fixed it. But what that meant, I had to back everything up, and then I had to reload everything in. Basically, I lost all of Tuesday to my hard drive, failing. Um, Another thing this week, we got a notice from our landlord through the Homeowners Association. um, There's bird poop on the roof that needs to be cleaned. And so it wasn't on a... Like a low part of the roof, it was way up there, way up there. And so yesterday, I got to try to figure out how to clean the bird poop off of the roof. It's easy with our stewardships to not see them as stewardship sometimes. When things are just coming at us so fast, it's just, I just got to get things done. I got I to gotta make it happen here. I got to survive doing all that I need to do to get done. But the Bible has some real helpful perspective for us on our stewardships. So let's take a look at that. The first helpful thing in the Bible, and that's helped me this week as I've been getting ready to speak this Sunday, is that God gives us our stewardships. We see that um, at the very beginning of the Bible. The Genesis chapter 1, that's the first chapter in the Bible, and it tells us about creation and God creates the earth and then he creates man and woman and look what he says here. To man and woman. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So it's easy to read that and just kind of keep going on with it. But what you see there is that God gives mankind stewardship over the earth, over managing creation, taking care of it. And that command that he gave at the very beginning of of time for for man, the beginning of the world, that command that he gives it filters down to us today. And so this gives meaning to the mundane things in life. Because God himself has given us the responsibility to manage it. So the responsibility hasn't just... It's just not something that I have to get done, but God himself has has given it to us to take care of. So when I'm at home doing the dishes, I'm fulfilling my God-given responsibility there. Or when I'm at home standing on the fence trying to clean the bird poop off the top of the roof, I'm fulfilling my God-given responsibility. Or when I have to reload everything onto my computer, that's the responsibility God has given me that day. Without this understanding, the mundane things in life, they're interruptions. They, they can just seem so inconsequential, unimportant, that it's easy to just push them to the side and, and wait for the big things to come along that we can, we can be a part of. But God has given us the mundane tasks that are in front of us today. He's given us these tasks this gives us a broader purpose than just getting the things done and just surviving through them. The God of the universe has given us the stewardship to take care of whatever it is on our plate for that day. This perspective it allows me to actually find enjoyment in these little tasks that, that come along or these interruptions that that come along. I can find enjoyment in them, because I know God's not surprised by what's happening and what is on my plate today. So now that we've explored stewardship and and what that is and that God has given us the stewardships that we have on our plate today, let's take a look at the parable that we're looking at, the unjust steward. Um, It's it's a little, uh, well, I find it humorous, but I don't know if you will or not. The Bible was originally written in Hebrew and Greek, and there's a lot of different translations of the the Bible, depending on how the translator decided to translate it. Well, I chose a translation this morning that doesn't have the words unjust steward in it. So I found that funny because that's the title of the message, but I made the title a few weeks ago, and then I realized I'm going to use... A passage so I wanted to say that because the dishonest manager is the unjust steward. I didn't want that to be confusing this morning, so let's read through it together. Luke 16:1 through9. He, he being Jesus. So he also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called to him and said to him, 'What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. So at this point, the manager's thinking, "I'm busted. I have not been, um, I have not been doing right with his possessions. I've been wasting his possessions. I'm busted. He he figured it out." And so the manager said to himself, "What shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me?" I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I'm not strong enough to dig. He's saying, I don't want to do manual labor. I'm not, I'm not made for that. And I'm ashamed to beg. I, I'm able. I'm working. I, I don't, I, I'm ashamed to, to beg. And then he goes, I have decided what to do. So that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures uh, of, sorry, I lost my place, hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write eighty. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into eternal dwellings. So there's a lot going on in this story here. And there's a lot that we we can look into and we can... Really glean a lot from what is said. So let's take a look at at some lessons that we can learn here from this parable. First lesson that we can we can see here and learn is that sin snowballs when it's unchecked. Sin is, it's a word, it's missing the mark that God has set for us in the Bible. And so sin is rebelling, it's going our own way and choosing to live life our own way apart from God and apart from God's ways. And sin will snowball when it's unchecked. In this story, we can see the Bible says you know not to steal. And this manager, he he's who's managing his, his master's possession, he's wasting his possessions. He's stealing, which is sin. It's not right. It's not just to do that. Now he didn't wake up one day and and think hey, I'm going to steal and then I'm going to get caught and then I'm going to start cutting down people's debts so that they'll take care of me. He he didn't wake up one day and do that, but at some point he made a decision, I'm going to be dishonest. And that decision snowballed into this story that we see here. The, The decision to do that was a long time coming because he made that first initial choice to be dishonest. And after he got caught, he came up with the idea of how to get out of it. But it wasn't to turn around and start living the right way. it was further sin. It was getting deeper into um, what he has already gotten himself into. And so in Luke 16:5 we see, so summoning his master's debtors, one by one, he said to the first, "How much do you owe my master?" He said, "A hundred measures of oil." He said, "Take your bill and sit down quickly." And write 50. Write it down quickly while I still have this position because pretty soon I'm not going to have it. So his choice to be dishonest, it led him to another choice of reducing debts of people while he still had the power to do so because that's how he saw how he could take care of himself. That's how he could take care of his own interests was while he still had the position before he got fired, I'm going to reduce their debts. So what can we learn from this here? What can we learn here? Well, one thing that's really important to learn from this is that it's important for us to be able to identify moral shortcuts that we're taking in our stewardships. It's important to be able to identify them and then turn from them, deal with them quickly. Otherwise, you might go down the same path. If we don't identify them, we don't even realize what we're doing, then we're going to keep making these mistakes and having to deal with these consequences of these moral shortcuts that we're taking. So here's a couple different ways to help identify when we're not handling our stewardships rightly. The first is to read the Bible. Read the Bible. That will help us to know what's right to do, what's wrong to do, and God will speak to you through it, and he'll correct us if we're going the wrong way. A while ago, I was reading a story in the Bible about King David and his son, Adonijah. And at the end of David's life, Adonijah caused himself to be proclaimed the king. He caused himself to be proclaimed the king. The problem with that was that David's son, Solomon, was preferred to be the king. And so King David was, was setting up Solomon to be the heir. So Adonijah, he ran from Solomon once this happened. Solomon caught him and showed him some grace and said, I'll let, you, I'll let you live free as long as you prove yourself to be a worthy man. Well, Adonijah didn't prove himself to be a worthy man. He tried to take the throne again, and this time he, he was killed for doing that. Now, I tell you that whole story because God used it to speak to me, because at the very beginning of that story, when he declared himself king, here's what the Bible says. It says his father had never interfered with him by asking, what do you or by asking, why do you behave as you do? So Adonijah had been able to just go throughout his life not ever having to really evaluate the choices that he was making because nobody was asking him, why are you doing that? Why are you being so selfish? Why are you pushing for your way? Why are you doing these things? And God used that story, that verse, to speak to me, to encourage me. I had been just being lax with my kids because it's easier sometimes just to let them do whatever they're going to do. It's easy to do that. And God encouraged me with that verse to I need to be asking them why why are you doing that? And helping them to evaluate the choices that they're making so that they're not just choosing to be selfish. And that selfishness can end up into really harming themselves and others later in life. So God will speak to you when you read the Bible. He will He will help you to choose to do what's right. In your stewardships. And then another way to help identify when maybe we're doing, going the wrong way um, with our stewardships is to be open and honest with the people around us. Be open and honest with the people around you. Find some friends who are, are wise. Wisdom is being able to take the Bible and apply it to, your, to their lives. Find people around you that you can talk to. Just tell them, here's my plans. Here's what I'm thinking about doing. Here's how I'm trying to raise my kids. Does that make sense? What I'm doing is that am I on the right path here or or can you help me? If we have friendships like that, then we can turn and we can get corrected quickly rather than just keep going down the snowball of sin in our lives. Now, this next line in the story after he he Fixes the, the debts of the people so that he's taken care of after he gets fired. It's really, it's confusing to look at this, this next line because the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of the world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of life. It's very confusing that this man, this manager, he just stole from the master, and now he's getting commended for doing that? What is going on here? What? That doesn't make any sense. Well, something to that's very important to determine here or see the, the difference is that he's getting commended for his shrewdness. He's not getting commended for the actions that he took. He's not getting commended for the dishonesty of the stealing. He's getting commended for his shrewdness. And how he went about it. Now, somebody who's shrewd, they're astute or sharp in practical matters. And so this manager, he was able to read the situation very well. He was able to look at it and say, okay, I'm about to get fired. And how can I make this as easy of a landing from getting fired as possible? Oh, I know. I still have this position. I'll make myself some friends, and I'm going to cut down their debts, and they're going to be my friends, and they're going to help me once I get fired because I did this, this kind thing to them. And so we, we see that after that, after he commends them for his shrewdness, it says, and we see, and it says, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. So the sons of this world, um, what that's talking about there, those are the people who are they're only concerned with the cares of this world, what they can see tangibly here on earth. So the money, possessions, cars, houses, whatever it may be, that's what they're concerned about. That's the sons of this world. The sons of light, that refers to those who are followers of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is using this parable once again to, to point out that those concerned with only, that are concerned only with the cares of this world are more shrewd about getting what they want in life than followers of Christ are than in helping people to come to know Him. They're, They're more shrewd in getting what they want than in followers of Christ are in investing in eternal things. That's what Jesus is saying here. Look at the thought that this man gave to his plan, making sure that his interests are taken care of. He thought it through. He figured out how to make sure that he's taken care of, even though he got caught doing wrong. It's a very shrewd strategy that he had there. And that is the type of thought that Jesus is encouraging his followers to have about eternal things. Jesus is saying it's urgent for Christ followers to be faithful, to think through how to take action on inviting your friends and family into a relationship with with Christ, with, with him. It's far more valuable for a person to spend time investigating the Bible than it is to spend time chasing after the money, the cars, the boats, whatever it may be. And so Jesus is telling His followers, be shrewd. Make that attractive to people. Think that through. A relationship with with Christ is attractive. So think that through. Think about the opportunities that you have in your life. Think about how you can use those opportunities to point people towards eternal things. Maybe you can invite people to Church in the Valley. Come check it out here. Or maybe church doesn't make sense to them. Maybe you can invite people to a meetup that we're doing here. Get to know some of your friends. This parable is encouraging us. Think about what you do daily, on a daily basis, what you're doing, and how can you use those things to point people towards towards Christ, towards Jesus. So this parable it warns us about not letting our sin just snowball into more and and more wrongdoing. And then it also encourages us to be shrewd in relating to our generation. The ultimate lesson that we get in this parable here is that today's faithfulness prepares me for the opportunities tomorrow. Take a look at what Jesus says right after this parable. He says in Luke 16:10 and 11, he says, One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? Being faithful, it's somebody who's trustworthy to do what they say they're going to do to get the job done, to handle their responsibilities. And this verse that goes with this parable, it's showing us that the mundane, everyday tasks are the proving ground for more and more responsibility. If someone is not faithful to get the little things done, then you don't want to give them more responsibility with bigger things that could cause more problems if they don't get done. And so... This is saying that we've got to be faithful with the little mundane tasks in front of us in our life. And as we are, more and more responsibility will come. That prepares us for the future as we're faithful with the little things. Imagine what life would look like for you if you had this right perspective about your responsibilities this week. As I've been getting ready for this message, I've been reading these verses over and over again, and God's really helped me this week. As I've had all these little interruptions, these little problems, these little tasks to get done, it was a really bad week from a produ- productivity standpoint. I was not able to get done what I wanted to get done, but God helped me to get through all the little things, the air conditioning, breaking, the hard drive, the, the cleaning the bird poop, He helped me to get through all those things and actually find enjoyment in them. Because I realized God's not surprised by those things. And that's what he's given me to be faithful in today is those things. I need to get done what I need to get done outside of that. So that might be staying up later, staying later at work or whatever it is. But this is what God wants me to show myself to be faithful in today. So I want to give everybody some time this morning to think through your, your stewardships. What are your stewardships that you have? What are the responsibilities that you have going on right now? Think through family, work, church, finances, your house, whatever it may be. Think through those stewardships. It's important for us to not just hear or read the Bible, but to put it into to action into our lives. And as we do that, we're blessed as we do that. James 1.25 in, in the Bible, it says, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. That's our, our goal with next steps that we have here at Church in the Valley, is that people are blessed as they put into practice God's word in the Bible. So it doesn't help anybody just to hear it, but it helps as we put it into practice, into our lives. And God blesses us as we do that. So let's take some time to think through our stewardships this morning. What is a very little responsibility that you need to take care of this week? Is there anything that you know that's going on right now that you need to take care of this week? Just a little responsibility do you have any bird poop on the roof that you need to clean off? Or is there something that you've been putting off for weeks or however long that you just need to go for it and do it this week? And then another question to think through. What types of very little responsibilities do you need to watch for this week and take action on? What I mean by that question is there. A lot of times in my life, I've seen a pattern. There's certain little responsibilities that keep coming up. And I need to watch for them and respond for them, to them. For me, right now, one that God's shown me is I need to say yes to my kids more often with playing with them. taking them to the pool or whatever it is. I just need to say yes more often. It's a little yes, but that can make a big impact on our relationship that I have with them. God has given each of us unique stewardships. He wants us to be faithful with them. And as we're faithful with the little, then we'll be prepared for the bigger things that come on down the road. So use this perspective from the Bible to take action steps this week in your very little responsibilities. And as you're thinking through how to apply this to your life, I'd like to... Suggest some next steps for you. There's next steps on the back of your connection card. There's also some um, on the handout in your program. But here's some suggesting next steps that you might want to take in response to the message this morning. The first one is to be faithful with blank this week. God showed you something specific to be faithful with. Um, Be faithful in that this week. Write it in there so that you remember what what God spoke to you about this morning. Another is to memorize Luke 16.10. Memorize this verse. Having this verse memorized is helpful when you don't want to do the very little things. It's helpful a reminder to help us. Luke 16.10, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. Memorize that. Use that to help motivate you to get done what you need to get done this week. Then the last next step there is just a blank, fill in the blank, Um, whatever God might have spoke to you about this morning, uh, you can write it in there to to help you remember. Would you pray with me as we continue to worship the Lord? God, we thank you for your help um, in the Bible, and we thank you for just the, the importance that you have given to us with all the tasks of life. And the meaning and the mundane things and um, just how you've you've set life up to work. We just pray for your help this week. Help us to um, take care of the little things and uh, big things if they come up too. But just help us to be faithful this week and take action on that. In Jesus' name, amen.